When the darkness overtakes me And I can't get back to sleep When the right words still evade me And my dreams have dimmed too deep When I can't seem to remember Even one sweet melody When I'm feeling tired and tender Oh, that's when you come to me I see how much is wrong When I can't seem to recall how To turn sorrow into song I keep wandering in these patterns In the shade of your witness tree that matters Oh, that's how you come to me In the falling of my fingers The vibrations of these strings In the calling bell that lingers In the heart of everything In the wonder and the aching Of a world so far from free There is music for the making Every day you come to me There is music for the making Every day you come to me That's Toronto's singer-songwriter Lynn Harrison with You Come To Me from her recently released sixth album, Something More. Produced by Noah Zachron with Douglas September, the new album features 12 thoughtful and reflective songs about life, love, and the power of the human spirit. And it's a beautiful album and a joy from beginning to end. To learn more about the new recording, we're pleased to welcome Lynn Harrison to Folk Roots Radio. It's great to be able to talk to you today. 
Oh, thanks, Jen. It's great to be here. You must be pretty happy with the reception the album's received. Thank you. Yes, it's it's lovely to have it heard and uh, have people respond to it. Uh, it's It's been quite exciting. Really nice to get it out into the world. Now, you're one of those people that's built a, a reputation, you know, around your songwriting. Uh, the fact that you you have a way of, of tying together, you know, stories with... I was going to say, you know, the meaning of life, if that's not too big a way to, to talk about things. But you do have a, a way just to, to me, to get down to what's really important. Hmm. And I wanted to give you a chance to, to talk a little bit about your songwriting and, and how you got to where you are now. Sure. Um, well, thanks for hearing that, I guess, in, in the songs. It's, it's one of those things. For me, I've always found songwriting to be therapeutic on some level and a, or, and a, a, a tool for growth, for my own personal growth and understanding. So really, ever since I started writing songs, I think that's, what, that's kind of why I was doing it, to try to make sense of the world. So a song for me kind of clicks or works when it, when it delivers some insight to me and, and hopefully um, communicates that to other people too. So I guess that's kind of at the heart of it for me, what, what songwriting is about. You know, it's, I just feel very fortunate to be able to write songs. It's been something that's been my companion and my guide since I was about 13 years old. And as the years go by, that's a much longer and longer time. <laughs> so... So this is your sixth album, and I think what you've been writing songs for 20, 30 years now, is that? Yeah, more than that. So I'm, I'm 56. I started writing when I was 13. So, yep, so we do the math. It's like 40 years, and, um, and I'm still writing. You know, I, I just find I'll go through periods where I, where I'll, I mean, I'll never think that it's gone forever, but there are, there are of course, fellow periods um, there are also times, you know, songs will be written and then I won't, I won't play it live for a long time or I won't, I won't record it and then it will come alive for me in a different way. Sometimes I find I have to kind of grow into the songs. That actually happened on this record. There are quite a few, well, a few significant songs which were written not recently. They were written quite a long time ago and I had to, I had to catch up to the song, you know, to be able to sing it and, and understand it. Now, there's a really strong spiritual component to the songs on this album. Now, I know you're, you're an ordained Unitarian Universalist minister. I guess it all goes hand in hand, you know, the strong spiritual connection you have to, to the world. And, you know, I might give you a chance just to talk about what it means to be a Unitarian Universalist, because it is really a very connected, right, to, to the world we live in today. Yeah, it's um, Unitarian Universalism is a, a profoundly inclusive religious uh, faith. It, really, everyone is welcome. Um, that is of of no um, of no formal belief system or, or or any, and as a result, it's quite embracing of of the diverse and uh, uh, eclectic world that we have. And you know, it's this is a this is, these are complicated times, and I think we're all faced with so many messages and trying to make sense of them all. So, so I, I find this particular um, framework is a, that is to say Unitarian Universalism. I, I couldn't have become a minister in any other denomination that wouldn't have worked for me because I, my spiritual influences are probably as eclectic as my musical influences. That might be one way to put it. Uh, so it's nice that I found a home there, but I, I actually think that the spiritual roots of the songs were the thing that came before the, the, you know, formal ministry with a title. 
for me, the the creative life, the creative expression, creative spirit is really the core of my spiritual life, and it and it will always be. Which is interesting because we started off with "You Come to Me," which actually is the first track on the album, and that has a, I, you know, I have to say, you know, I first listened to this album. I was cooking, you know, oh, I, really? I loved. I always, whenever I've got new CDs that I really want to listen to, I'll put them on when I'm, you know, in the kitchen, and right. and you know, one of the things that struck me about this song was just a wonderful. I don't know. It, it seemed just to have this embracing feel to me, you know, that I was feeling like I was being wrapped up with these sort of, um, it almost made me feel like it's like a comfort blanket mm, to start okay. this album. And, and I don't know whether that was the intent to make this track, first track on the album, but it was sort of a, you know, it's a statement of embracing, you know, join me as we, we explore these songs um, was that part of the intent when you, you wrote it? That's one of the ones that goes back a long, long way. Uh, when I wrote that song, that song came from some other place entirely. It was, it was given to me as a gift and it started out to be a kind of a tribute song to another songwriter, actually, and kind of grew as I wrote it. It became this, this, other, this other thing. And, and I, I didn't really fully understand how important that song would be for me until I got a little bit older. And I found I it became a prayer song. It, it is a prayer song um, in, in the broadest sense of the word. So it just seemed appropriate to make it the first song on the album because, you know, it's kind of an invitation, you know, an invitation to the something more, you know, which is, which is the creative process, which is a relationship with the capital R, you know, whether that's relationship between um, individual human beings or and or relationship with, with um, you know, a force of love that's beyond ourselves. So, so yeah, I was glad that that song uh, stayed alive and, and continued to grow in me. And uh, again, that's one of the gifts of songs. They just, they just stay with you and they, they kind of, they become your friends and, and teachers along the way, I think. Which is interesting, you know, when I, bringing together your spiritual side, you know, the fact that you are an ordained minister at the same time as a singer-songwriter, I guess a lot of these songs have been used as part of your ministry. I mean, you, you basically, that, that's, that seems to be what you were just telling me, that they may have started life that way and then developed further in time. Is that how things tend to go? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it's it, some, some songs more than others. There, there are also songs in my catalog that, are, that aren't, you know, kind of going in the spiritual direction as, as clearly as, as these do, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I, I find... Again, for me, the songs that hook me, and this is true of listening to other artists too. I find the ones that really hook me are the ones that go that go deep, you know, that really go to a deeper level, and that kind of help me carry on in some way. So I think that's what I'm trying to write and trying to bring to people wherever I, in whatever framework I, I bring them. So, you know, whether it's a concert hall or a worship service. So after six albums, do you find that your music is changing? Uh, I didn't know how long you'd been a minister, but I wondered whether you're leaning more into the spiritual side. I know that it tends to be, you know, I thought you were very brave to announce your age at the start of the interview. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I, I always wonder, you know, as we get older, whether, you know, we start to look at things much deeper. I always think, you know, I wish I'd been this old when I was young yeah. because, you know, we're always so much wiser. Yeah, I think so. I, I think there's, um, you know, you start to figure a few things out, maybe, maybe. Uh, you look back and you realize, gosh, I didn't have that figured out at that point. You know, so maybe there's some 
some revision going on or some reflection. One of the songs on the record, Waves, is about menopause, you know, going through that change and kind of what a, what a cataclysmic uh, experience that has been. And again, for me, the way of responding to those life changes, uh, writing songs is just the natural way that I've always responded. So, so actually when the first song I ever wrote when I was 13, I was actually turning 13 and I was writing a song about turning 13 and about how, you know, that I was suddenly so much more mature and I should, you know, my parents should let me do things that they didn't let me do before. And so that was the first of many uh, songs that really reflect on different stages of life. And again, I'm always trying to figure it out. It's like, for me, I, I use songs as teacher, teaching tools for myself. And if I finish the song, that means I maybe figured something out. Maybe. You know, one of the things I, I love about the album, and I'm, I'm interested in your choice of producers here, because the album was produced by Noah Zachran with Douglas September. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of Noah's music. I've interviewed him, I think, two or three times now. He also, I, I guess, has that same sort of spiritual connection to his music. Obviously, he comes through a different tradition from you. But I, I, I feel like you might be kindred spirits as far as, you know, inhabiting the song and trying to be a part of the music. Is that a reasonable thing to say? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that's what became, that's what led us to become friends initially were not only discussions of music, but discussions of religion also. Uh, Noah was one of the close circle of friends who was with me when I was discerning a call to the ministry, when I was trying to decide whether or not that would be the direction that I would go. And so, yes, I think his connection or, you know, his his exploration of the spiritual side of life is, is something that I'm drawn to and it comes through in his music, you know, very strongly. And, you know, plus he's just a you know brilliant musician and guitar player and, and a good friend. So it was, it was really good to work with him. Well, the album has such a great feel to it. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned, I, you know, first started playing this album when I was, I was cooking in the kitchen and then I, I think it actually was my theme for the Christmas dinner. I seem to remember it got played several times in a row wow. Uh, that day, uh, because there's something about it, you know, it's, I love albums where you get something a little more each time you listen. Mm-hmm. One of the, the wonderful things about Noah's music, and we're actually going to play a, a track that really captures some of his electric mm-hmm. guitar work, but is the fact that there is so much space, you know, space for the musicians. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the players on the album in a few moments, but it must be a, a thrill for you to be able to to allow your music to breathe like this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Noah and I have played a lot together in live performance as well, so I, I knew about that to begin with, but I think just having the creative palette, the light palette to work with of the recording studio um, allowed him to really kind of uh, just explore. And uh, when you play When I'm on the Water, I mean, you'll definitely hear that. That was something that uh, the, the introduction that we'll hear um, was a surprise to me. Yeah, he he and Douglas did that. And then they, you know, sent it to me and said, what do you think? You know, I, you know, I just fell in love with it. It's just like, I just want to listen to that all the time. So to have that, to have that connected with my music is a wonderful compliment. And it just brought it to life in a new way, which was really beautiful. The song we're going to play is When I'm on the Water, an absolutely fabulous song, which with just builds from the, the you know, the electric guitar from Noah's Akron. And 
I, I, you know, I want to put a, a shout out for people who haven't listened to his music. His last album, A Startle of Wings, is fabulous because it is so stripped down and just him and a guitar, basically. But it, it, this has a real feel. And I guess with your lyrics and, uh, you know, when you come in and sing, I mean, you really do have that feel of being out on the water and, you know, and being out on the water being a metaphor for so much more in life. Mm, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Let's listen to that just now. This is Lynn Harrison with When I'm on the Water from her wonderful new album, Something More. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. I see no more ups 
obstacle, no bank to hide. I can see tomorrow from this red canoe. When I'm on the water, I'm above deep blue. Oh, when I'm on the water. I'm above deep blue That's Lynn Harrison with When I'm on the Water from her wonderful new album, Something More. Lynn Harrison is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're chatting about the album. We've talked about some of the people that play on it. Noah Zachran, we're big fans of Noah's music, produced with Douglas September, who I think plays a bit of lap steel on this, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And he adds a lot of atmospheric touches as well. He's a really creative uh, uh, studio engineer and, and just uh, has a wonderful musical sense of things. So so he became a very strong creative collaborator through all of this, added a lot. And you have a, a, some great players on here as well. I mean, you know, one of the things I love about, you know, new albums when I get them is really checking out the names of who actually is on it. Uh, mm-hmm. You have George Kohler on here. You've got Dennis Keldy. But let, let's talk about all of the people that are on the album. So tell us about the people you brought together to make this. Sure. So Adam Warner on um, drums and percussion was, uh, you know, fantastic to work with. Um, you mentioned George Kohler already. I mean, obviously just a, a stellar musician and so well-respected in the in our community. But also Ian D'Souza on the electric bass as well. So two different kinds of bass approaches there. Alexander Brown on the trumpet adds this uh, amazing horn part on on one of the songs on Always Falling in Love, which was just is just stunning. And these were, you know, again, I have to give uh, Noah and Douglas credit on all of this because they they kind of knew the musicians who would be best to bring in. So I trusted their judgment on all of that and was never disappointed at, at, at any point. Um, also, Ed Michael Roth should be mentioned on accordion on Protester. Um, <laughs> you know, just just again, the contribution, even if it's on one song, everybody made a contribution that was really important. So I, th- I think we've mentioned everybody now. I hope so. But it was I felt really fortunate to work with these great musicians. Now, protest is an interesting song because it, it it speaks towards not really being an activist at the point of starting the song, but actually wakening up. And, you know, my own experience with working with people through the Unitarian Universalist Church is that there's a very strong connection to activism in that tradition, isn't there? Yes, there is. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, many people in our communities are, are out there in, in demonstrations and also making their voices heard in a variety of ways. That song was, uh, was inspired by the experience of someone who saw something who had not been um, an activist up to that point, someone who was uncomfortable with that kind of activism, who, again, was so outraged by, by what she saw uh, in this particular experience that, that and I actually I'm not naming the particular event because the, the thing about that song is that it was it was a topical song initially about one specific thing and I, I thought it wasn't going to remain relevant and in fact it now has remained relevant in a whole variety of settings. So so I guess for some people it's, it's interesting actually over the past couple of years I've heard a number of people say you know I never used to go to protest marches that wasn't that wasn't me and now I go. And, and I actually always tell people, you know, if you're feeling despair or discouragement about the world, 
and you're feeling starting to feel kind of depressed, you know, get out in the streets with other people because that's where you're going to find that connection and that sense of energy and agency that we need to get through. Um, it's it's actually quite uplifting, and people who haven't wanted to do that, I think, are often quite surprised. You know, I, I used to live in Guelph before I moved down to Leamington, and Guelph has a an amazing activist community. And and I, I, I love the point of the song. We're going to play it in a few seconds. But I love the, the you know, the fact that this, this song really brings home the idea that, you know, you may not feel that you're a protester. You may not feel you're an activist until that point comes when you get the real connection. And that's the important thing, isn't it? Yeah, that sense of having to step forward, you know, that the doing the things that doing the thing that you can't not do. You know, that's that's really the key. Let's listen to that song just now. This is Lynn Harrison with Protester from her new album, Something More. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. I was not a protester. Could not describe me with that word. I wasn't there that day or night. But I knew something wasn't right. Till I saw what you did, sir I was not a protester Till I saw what you did, sir I was not a protester I was not an activist Never one to raise my fist In fact, I seldom raised my voice Now I see I have no choice Till I saw what you did, sir I was not a protester Till I saw what you did, sir I was not a protester I was not political Maybe I am typical You could call me unaware I was only standing there Till I saw what you did, sir I was not a protester Till I saw what you did, sir I was not a protester I was not a detainee But I know they're just like me For they carried out no crime In that place and at that time Till I saw what you did, sir I was not a protester Till I saw what you did, sir, I was not a protester. I was not a protester, of that you can be assured. But something in me's changed somehow, I wasn't then what I am now. Till I saw what you did, sir, I was not a protester. Till I saw what you did, sir, I was not a protester. I was not a protester. I was not a protester. That's Lynn Harrison with Protester from her new album, Something More. Lynn Harrison's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today. We're having a wonderful chat about the new album and her music. Now, Lynn, you mentioned earlier on that, you know, you're actually a, an ordained Unitarian Universalist minister as well. I think it's five years that you have actually been uh, since you received your calling. 
Yeah, that's right. So I, I went to, to seminary at Emmanuel College at University of Toronto and started in 2010. Then I graduated and was ordained in 2015. And then fall of 2016, I came on staff at uh, First Unitarian Congregation of Toronto. So I'm their associate minister. There are two of us. I'm curious, when you look back at your, you know, career in music, did you see that, you know, did music somehow play a part in, you know, in making you more open to the idea of a calling like this? Yes, I think so. I, I actually think that my songs led me, they were what led me toward a more, um, a more formal religious calling. It's hard to describe exactly how that happens, um, but I, I found that it's interesting. Uh, often I would write songs and people would not quite know, they wouldn't know how to name what they heard in terms of the spiritual dimension of it. I, you know, I, I like to say that it's more spiritual than religious and it's not, you know, they're not Christian songs, for example, so it's not like the contemporary Christian folks. But sometimes people would say, well, well there's something else there. There's something... We can't put our finger on it, and it's but it's different than sort of typical pop songs or uh, even typical folk songs in some ways. Although I, I don't want to dismiss people who I think a lot of folk songs and a lot of songs, period, you know, just have a spiritual dimension to them. So, so I don't want to divide up things too much. Um, but I, you know, it was a surprise when this when this uh, direction opened up in my life, and I'm still trying to make sense of the balance. When I began work as a minister, when I began, when I started in seminary, I actually thought I was turning away from my music career at the time. Uh, it's fair to say I was somewhat disappointed and disillusioned and a little discouraged, actually, about how my music career had gone. And I thought I was going to turn away from it. And in fact, it, it grew. So now I have both and I'm trying to find a balance. But I'm again. I'm just very grateful to have the songs because they they seem to lead me in the in the right direction. And I think now you also uh, have a themed open stage that blends together your music and your spirituality. Yeah, it's really fun. It's called uh, the Bridge, connecting song and spirit. And so once a month at the Transac Club in the main hall, uh, there's an open mic on a theme. And so people bring one song or story or a poem and. Um, and then in between the songs, I, I offer words of wisdom from various sources. And uh, we, we share some joys and sorrows in the middle and, uh, and you know, have some snacks and stuff. And it, it's really quite special. Um, our, next, our next one is March 25th on the theme of home. Oh, it sounds beautiful. And, and, you know, and again, it's one of the things I love is, is allowing people to connect the way they want to connect. And, you know, I, I'm really interested when you said, well, you know, I think my music has grown through all this. That, yeah. that That's really exciting. Can we talk about uh, live shows? I know you released the album in Toronto at Hughes Room Live in January. That must have been quite a thrill. I, I think what Noah Zachron played with you that day with David yeah. Woodhead. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had a we had a great time. It was just uh, it was just fantastic. Yeah, you know, it just went by so fast. I mean, we would have I would have been happy to stay twice as long. <laughs> it was a really really lovely night. It's such a lovely venue and playing with both Noah and David because David also has a long history of collaborating with me. He produced the first bunch of records for me, um, so he knows a lot of my songs that came before. So it was really nice to be with both of them, and we had a really nice night. And you're just off playing Winter Folk as well. I know you, um, I think you shared a stage with Meg Tennant and Lynn Miles, plus, yep. a, I think, a solo show there as well. Yeah, that was great. It was, 
Winterfolk, it's um, such a, it's become an institution here in Toronto. I mean, it's, it's 18 years, you know, which I think is longer than many people might have even expected. It's, it's just kept going. And this year it was different being at the Transact Club. It had a more intimate feel than it has before. Um, and, and yet it's always full of surprises and wonderful collaborations that happen. And um, the audience is always quite beautiful. And so, again, it was, it was a really lovely, lovely time. So what happens now? I mean, you continuing the, the two paths of your life and the way that they in, intersect all the way down the line? Yes, that's the plan. You know, just, just taking it a day at a time and uh, trying to see what the next steps are. You know, there'll be some more gigs, uh, both both to continue with, with this record, to continue to promote this record, but also, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing more too. So I have... I have some new songs coming along that I'd love to share with people. So, so there'll be some more local shows in the, in the spring and uh, perhaps even a little bit of touring in the summer, thinking about uh, sharing a little bit of touring with some other women musicians, uh, I think, which would be really, really lovely. I'm always away from the congregation for a couple of months in the summer. So, so that, that can provide some time for, for musical things. And so, yeah, just trying to keep life, keep life in balance. For me, it's, for me, it's really important to have enough, enough space to, to write and to have the energy to do the shows. And ministry work is really, really rewarding and, and wonderful. And it's also, it can be demanding too. So I'm trying to, trying to look after myself in all of that and kind of continue to offer the, the best work that I, that I can. Well, it's been great to talk to you today. If people want to learn more about your music, how can they do that? Uh, best thing to do is go to my website, which is uh, lynnharrison.ca. You can find links to the to the new record, which is easily findable on, on CD Baby. Uh, and also you can hear other music as well and find out where I'm playing next and, and all of that. We're going to finish with the title track from Something More. Beautiful song from a beautiful album, and I want to encourage all our listeners to, to check this out. Certainly... Uh, coming to a, a live show. Are you often joined by, you know, you mentioned going out of tour with some other women performers. Do you try, if possible, to have, you know, to play with someone like Noah or David when you, you're you getting out there? Yeah, I, I like doing that. I, I love playing solo too, but it's also really, really nice to have um, to have a great guitar player or bass player with me, or even a percussionist. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just nice to have the company, um, musically and, and otherwise. Uh, and yet, you know, I love I love doing solo shows as well. You know, there's just something about the conversation that takes place between one person and an audience. It, it's really it's really a lot of fun. So. so something more is a great title for an album. Tell us a little bit about this song. Well, this song speaks to it is really kind of a song of, of, of faith in the broadest uh, sense that when things when you don't know what's next or you feel you've come to an impasse that that really to understand that there's that there's more than you can see. There's more going on. I, I've uh, done uh, done a lot of Jungian work over the years, and you know, kind of connecting with the unconscious and the intuit the intuitive side of life is also a huge part of that as well. Just really trusting that there's there's so much more going on, and trying to put that into words, put the something more into words, which is something that cannot be put into words. So I had fun with the play with the playing the word play around that. Probably one of my favorite lines on the record is uh, something knows that love is really something and something tells me there is something more. That's great because it's exactly what I thought when I listened to this album the first time. I thought, hmm, 
There's something more to this album. There definitely is. <laughs> Appreciate that very much. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you today. This is Lynn Harrison with the title track from her new album, Something More. And definitely check it out when you get a chance. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And thanks again for spending the time with us today. Thanks so much, Jen. Something tells me there is
something